0: Hi there, welcome to the meeting. I'm your host Luba, and in this season, I'm talking to professionals across industries and functions on the impact of coronavirus on their day to day lives. Today, my guest is Daria Shapovalova, Forbes 30 under 30 in fashion, B.O.F., 500 most influential people in fashion. And I can keep going and going with her accomplishments. Daria has also put Ukraine on the fashion map of the world, given a lot of her peers opportunities that they could never have imagined to have before. Uh, Daria and I have an amazing conversation about sustainability, about fashion tech, about digital fashion, about supply and demand chain. It was really interesting uh, for someone who comes from tech aka myself I learned a ton of new stuff about an industry that I don't have as much insight into and I hope you guys do too thank you so much for tuning in hope you enjoy this episode yeah, I'm gonna start with a more or less cliche question but I continue mm-hmm. getting very very impressed and inspired with all the things <laughs> that you do as a modern woman what's your secret like how do you manage to do it all?
1: Um, It's hard to answer this question, to be honest. I'm still trying to answer it myself. I think I have good days when I'm full of energy and I want to conquer the world. And in some days, I just think that I'm doing nothing, like really nothing. And I can't find time for anything. So I think it is a certain combination of different factors. And definitely my goal is now to increase those first variants of the days when I can conquer the world and when I continue to realize all of my dreams. And uh, I think as soon as we reach kind of this, our extreme potential in everything, we can definitely serve our mission in the full. So I'm really thankful to this situation of the quarantine because I think we have more time to reflect on what we're doing, what's really bringing us joy, what's important and what's not. And, you know, because we were running around everywhere before that, like going to some I would say random meetings sometimes, you yeah. know, we all yeah. had them, I no, think, to sure. be honest with ourselves, we all had them, and uh, so now we understand that we can do so much more, we can prioritize better, that's mm-hmm. for sure my conclusions after this entire situation, so definitely I feel like something is going on with me, you know, something like new ideas are brewing, So, but you know that we speak a lot, so you know that I'm really very fast in thinking what 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 i can do better
0: yeah for sure and you know uh for me to hear that um, someone like you is still thinking about reaching your extreme potential about more achievements you've had such an incredible uh career already like do you feel like you have reached your extreme potential or is there still room to go oh my
1: god i i think there is still such a room to go to be honest and i definitely feel that there were moments in my life when i was kind of more prepared of what's going mm-hmm. on. I don't know. It's Yeah, it's sometimes, you know, it, it depends. We all have different phases of our life. Sometimes we have more energy. Sometimes we have less energy. So basically, yes, as I mentioned, because I know myself, I know mm-hmm. that I did some stuff in life. I did some charity events. I did some, I you know, running marathons, not 42 kilometers, but kind <laughs> of less. But still, I was like, cha- it was a charity marathon to be more precise. So I understand that I can do way better and but also you know i then i was living in ukraine i was traveling a lot then i decided to move to the us so it's like starting your new life that's all that's a challenge too and then uh, as soon as you build your profile in a new country you can build on top of that something that you already did and that was kind of out of your limits but you did great as or like other people told you i don't want to give any kind of Explanation of how I was. <laughs> it's like, no, that's for sure. From others.
0: Yeah, and I agree that, you know, it took me some time personally to realize that life wasn't exactly linear. As someone who likes structure and who, again, like back when I was in Belarus, I very much knew that, hey, you know, I need to, I wanted to go abroad, to go to the US or Canada. In school, you just need to graduate and then you need to get a job. But I always had this, um, this feeling that, oh, I'm, like, interested in so many things and I feel like life is getting less and less linear and I had to just let go of that control and embrace the fact that, hey, life is actually not linear and you have to be okay with it. Or actually, you have to be excited about it not being linear because uncertainty, knowing everything is in some ways, like, less exciting than being um looking forward to what's going to come next and what's the world going to present to us like this quarantine as you said like it's kind of an opportunity to look inside and uh decide like what you want to focus on and what ideas do you have and it was completely unprecedented but it's all about our perspective and what we take out of it
1: Mm -hmm. so i'm curious
0: yeah uh, what is going to be the first thing that you're going to do after the quarantine
1: Ah, oh, I think I will uh, either travel to Europe or maybe I will travel somewhere <laughs> or uh, just because I can't fly back to Ukraine or none of my yeah. relatives can so probably I will ask some someone from my family to join me here. It's not about like uh traveling back and forth, but yeah. just because I want to spend more time with family and friends. so I think it would be about like connections. It's not that I miss restaurants, nothing like that. I'm totally fine without going. <laughs> out and i actually like it you know i don't Me have too. any Me too, actually
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: yes yes because uh, like previously i didn't go out that often and i was like telling to myself daria like everyone goes out why do you stay at home like watching this I online am the same course way. or I am like reading way. this book probably you should start going out
0: and now i don't tell that to myself i'm like oh that's cool you're not
1: missing anything
0: <laughs> yeah I know I know yeah mm-hmm. actually uh, uh, your business partner and I had this conversation on her life around FOMO and how everyone's like feeling FOMO all the time and there is also joy of missing out but uh, with FOMO Uh, she's her point was that in quarantine because people are posting less uh, it's hard to say in in, like some ways you feel more FOMO because you don't really know what's going on and what like (laughs) ideas people are brewing but I think uh, I think actually for me quarantine is this ability to on the opposite be more present because I feel like in our Mm -hmm. day-to-day life we're always running around and uh, we always feel like oh I have to be here and I have to be there and like is it okay if I miss this event or this these people is it okay if I take that online course but I think now it's just life is just kind of you know still, and you mm-hmm. can focus inwards. And I personally also really like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. And my question to you: Do you think we will keep going like that in the future when quarantine is over? Will we continue to study more? To will it be easier for us to say no?
0: I hope so, personally, because I, I am the same way where I most of the times don't really go out that much. And I prefer just uh, learning something new, reading books, mm-hmm. etc. So I hope that people are going to bring this presence and bring this inward focus on their own goals more into the day-to-day life. But I do think that so many people have this anxiety and pent-up energy of wanting to go out, wanting to party, wanting to travel, that I think after we come out, there is probably going to be this burst of going mm-hmm. back to normal, but normal will likely not be the same. And, you know, because we've been in the lockdown for quite a long time now, I think it develops mm-hmm. like certain different behavioral habits where people are going to be more okay with like taking remote meetings. People are already adjusting to doing more business uh, remotely and like seeing less of their friends. So I'm hoping that it's going to be more balanced in that way. There's probably going to be a spike, but then afterwards, uh, people are going to be okay with, uh, you know just staying in and doing things differently that they were doing before how about Mm -hmm. you what do you think i also think so i think that part of our
1: lives will definitely move online because everyone understood that it's possible to have a zoom birthday it's possible to invite all of your friends i don't know to a meeting online and it's actually sometimes you're just not wasting your time by traveling somewhere so uh, i also moved more of my meetings online though i already had like I don't know, 90%. No, I'm lying. 70% of my meeting online. and But now I understand that 90% of my meetings can be online. I'm still like kind of meeting friends who have kids because I also have a son of seven years old. So it's important for me that he socializes. So I can't cancel all the meetings. And I think that would be hard for sure. And I still see some of my friends who stay in the same house. So we kind of work Mm -hmm. together. And that definitely helps. Because for me, communication is really important. But it's mm-hmm. all about communicating to like right people. I don't want to communicate to everyone. I want to have an energy, and yeah. I understood that I could like cut all the not that necessary communication in my life by moving it to online. It's not yeah. that I don't want to spend time with those people, if that is too much effort it's by going somewhere, like traveling, we can all talk, and that's totally fine. And you know, also, I had this aspect just because I moved from Ukraine to the US, I had. Had so many friends there but i stay connected to Mm -hmm. some of them only using online tools like instagram messenger whatsapp but i know that it's important for me to touch base with those people from time to time so i already had this habit to stay uh, in good relationships by using only online and that's actually was so beneficial to me, because I don't know what I would do without social media. When yeah. I moved, how could I stay connected to all of my friends at once? It wouldn't be possible for me to call everyone and to ask, how are you doing? The when yeah. they're all online, we're all in Instagram stories, it was so easy to keep connected with everyone.
0: Yeah, I agree. As as immigrants, and I'm very familiar with that too, you know, with my parents, like I, I keep I keep in touch with them exclusively online because i only see them in person once a year and same with some of my friends that are back in europe so it wasn't like a huge adjustment as i have never done this before i'm used to making connections with people online so that has been uh, more or less okay and i agree with your uh, perspective on like 90 percent of the meetings can be online like even think about going to a restaurant to meet someone for dinner you spend this time waiting for the check ordering something on the menu like all mm-hmm. of this is stuff that unless of course you're meeting a friend that you genuinely want to catch up with but if it's more business you're saving so much time by actually moving online and becoming a lot more effective with like let's get to the point and let's resolve what is it that we came here for Um, yes I I totally agree with you yeah, you mentioned social media. I'm curious to jump into the topic of fashion because, you know, you're uh, such an inspiration in fashion and you've built such a uh, such an impressive career in it. I'm seeing a lot, a lot more people moving, becoming like more media agencies, um, like brands becoming media outlets media as agency, well. yes. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you are doing so much in uh, on social media as well right now. You know, your little lectures on, uh, on IGTV, your interviews, uh, what do you think are other innovative aspects that people can apply in fashion? Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and fashion in general. Yes, definitely. That's a great question because the answer will be not only about social media, though. Of course. <laughs> if you're course. okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of uh, just because like the fashion industry, it's kind of an old industry with its own rules. It was not dis- uh, disrupted yet as so many industries were uh, with projects like Airbnb, for example. But uh, in fashion, the change definitely was needed. So I think it was important for everyone in fashion to finally realize that the way we lived before, it's not acceptable. It's not mm-hmm. acceptable to have so much waste in fashion, and I was already trying to rebuild my company because we were traditionally focused on wholesale, so it's selling designers close to the bigger retailers. That we work with like smaller designers who popularize their kind of artisanal approach to fashion, mm-hmm. still managing to bring them to the best stores worldwide to sell them to like top retailers in different countries. Uh, I I felt like two years ago, that we need to change something, we need to do something different. And then you remember we started to do a series of uh, pop-up stores, offline pop-up stores, where people could come and create the content inside. So it was not like a traditional store where you're not really like... Always welcome to create pictures or videos or something. Though now I think like the um, uh, store environment should be really about having fun and creating mm-hmm. content because it became the new asset. But now obviously, as everything is closed, I think it's important to move digitally. So just yesterday, at my Instagram account, I also made this post about like asking my audience what do they think about the future of fashion. Mm-hmm. So my uh, my idea and how I see fashion in the future. Of course, we will continue to wear some clothes. I think that will be more of our uniforms so brands like Alo yoga or even schemes by Kim Kardashian or a lot, I, I, a I lot saw of that brands. you just ordered Skims, yes right? yes, yes. it's it? interesting yes not yet not yet actually not yet. Okay. it's a week week that have passed okay. but I understand it's a quarantine and everything I did receive aloe yoga it's very good I love the question because okay. I do yes 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 mm-hmm. it's really amazing I love it so I mean well for brands like that so uh, those that are doing very good base and uh, then I think that that. that part of fashion will definitely move online into digital clothing. I think some of our garments will become intelligent. Not all of them, but some of them, I don't know, imagine like some sports work. It definitely should become intelligent, like counting mm-hmm. your calories. Yeah. Imagine if, like, our your costume would ca- count our calories, or like run, like the costume that you are wearing while you are running. I know it's an Apple Watch; it exists. I know, but not everyone is wearing Apple Watch. Or there are some other opportunities yeah. with intelligent clothing. Then I think vintage and resale will, will mm-hmm. become even more important than it is right now. We all know companies like Real Real and Rebag, and there mm-hmm. are lots more. And actually, I, I was ordering uh, recently at Farfetch and they Mm -hmm. sent me like an advertisement that I can also send to Farfetch my old clothing and they all buy it out yes it's uh, it's limited towards the number of brands that they're Mm -hmm. working with Mm -hmm. but you know even traditional retailers I knew about that but uh, I didn't see that they actually like promoted it that much because I was just a random client who came to buy something and they already like sent me a special announcement on Mm -hmm. that so I think that's cool. and uh, the fourth, the fourth, of course, like many brands will become storytellers. They already became storytellers. I see that yeah. some of the designers, they're also like doing interviews, doing media projects. That's amazing. It's like, what can you do uh, when your starting point is fashion, but also mm-hmm. selling your universe to people? And yeah. it's also about digital goods and manuals. Ah, and of course, fashion, like if talking about certain categories, so definitely the um, loungewear. Something mm-hmm. that we wear at home will become very, very important because as we can see in China, people still prefer to have lots of their meetings online. They want to stay at home, especially those of affluent millennials. Yeah. And while staying at home, they want to wear an expensive loungewear. Yes. yes, exactly. I went to net It's one of the biggest retailers mm-hmm. worldwide. And I just typed in that category. And I uh, actually found just 20 items in this category, which is nothing uh, if you calculate yes. the stock yes. like uh, when you see the amount of clothes that net a has it's nothing so definitely there is a room in that category and so i think yes like the way how we shop clothes i wouldn't say won't uh, be the same again but definitely it will be a big
0: shift i have so many thoughts and uh questions so with respect to loungewear and consumer behavior i myself i'm already noticing you know i spent the last couple of days just looking up loungewear brands and i'm just getting bombarded now by all these d2c brands on instagram because you know clever, clever advertisement. And um, I agree that the category seems to be very, very segmented. And as a consumer, I'm having a very, very hard time discovering brands in general. And I don't know if it's just there isn't a platform that allows me to discover brands in particular, as opposed to discovering certain clothing. I am noticing myself that now I'm thinking, okay, I would rather buy more expensive clothes that are going to last longer, that are going to be more sustainable and have like higher costs, uh, lower cost per wear then like buy all these mass markets so I'm already th- seeing that my own uh, outlook on clothing and fashion within this mm-hmm. quarantine is shifting mm-hmm. I'm really curious Absolutely. what is Mm-hmm. What is digital fashion exactly? Like, why why do you think that's the future? And what is the concept? To
1: what extent, right? It wouldn't uh, it won't substitute all the clothes that we wear or we have in our wardrobes. But I think part of the fashion will definitely move into the filters. So imagine if I oh, could wear something here at this conversation mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. not wearing this uh, red top.
0: I see. Um,
1: that would be amazing. Like if we have filters for mm-hmm. the backgrounds, why don't we have the clothes here? So yeah. we actually we see that uh, this trend already it exists in uh, games in um yeah avatars, yeah, uh, yeah, avatars mm-hmm. and etc yeah. skins that's how they called and basically companies like louis vuitton or like big retailers they already started to do some collaborations uh-huh. with the gaming companies so i'm right. sure it's just were a couple of steps towards the digital fashion and the embrace of digital fashion
0: but how do you do you think that's going to change behavior and psychology of people? If let's say, you know, I'm on a chat with you and you have like filtered makeup and filtered mm-hmm. clothing. Like, will my psychological perception of people, beauty, my own uh, image of myself and my own confidence change? If we move more and more in that direction.
1: Uh, hard to say. I don't know. It's very hard for me to predict. I think this uh, change is inevitable. It will definitely happen. We just need to be more prepared for that because, as you could see, we moved online all of our conversations. When I was participating at some Zoom parties, everyone was like changing their backgrounds, the backgrounds right? Yeah, Joking yeah. that I'm here and I'm there. The same with clothing. Why don't we change it here? Like it's just a matter of technology. You know that. You know that very well because in like Silicon Valley, technology is created, created very quickly. That's uh, the thing is with the um, embrace. Uh, how to embrace all these new technologies? Mm-hmm. I think like the big shifts are needed and uh, here I feel like a different kind of things started to brew in the world. Like a lot of people are in quarantine, yeah. not so many people continuing to uh, receive the amount of money from mm-hmm. the people that they work for, the companies they work for, because like of the financial losses in the world. So yeah. we'll find the way how to still be stylish and fashionable and look good while not spending that much money on fashion without buying mass market, I hope. Because yeah. like when you're buying in mass market, it means that you are supporting maybe child labor it's not that i never bought anything in the mass market Mm -hmm. retailers don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong i did and many times but then i kind of it was a shift in my mentality i realized i read a couple of books that actually supporting mass market i don't know who my supporting like people who work in the factories in Bangladesh I mean that's important to give them jobs but they work in very bad environments right right. so we better go I better go and buy a code from Max Mara or like any big retailer and I Mm -hmm. hope I can I can't know for sure but I hope they're not using child labor so they're not using the same
0: factories you know so it's about the choice How does a consumer find out about brand story, what practices they have? I know because it's becoming more and more of a trend, sustainability, Mm -hmm. uh, ethics. Etc. cetera, like good materials. People, brands are putting some of their storyline in their about sections and they try to promote it and use it as a marketing strategy. But mm-hmm. uh, for more traditional brands uh, that might not have been writing this marketing trend, and even for the more like trendy brands, like how do I actually learn about uh, what practices the brand uses? What if it's a new brand and like there is not that much information online? Like how do I make that choice?
1: Actually, um, like about all of the brands now, you can imagine. Mm-hmm. You can find a lot of online, especially, especially if the brand is doing some sustainable initiatives. Mm-hmm. That's actually they will like always. talk about it all the yes, time. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's like yeah. meeting vegan. You will know that he's is vegan. Into vegan. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm vegan, like, by the way. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love all the vegans, by the way. I have a lot of friends and veg uh, that are vegans, but it's important for them to share your position, and I appreciate okay. that a lot. I can yeah. still continue eating meat, but I appreciate their position and that they kind of sometimes share it from the very start of the conversation and I love it by the way so the same with the sustainable brands they kind of they it's the tool for them to be different and it's important to say about that how exactly are they sustainable so the good example here is uh, Ghani. it's mm-hmm. a Scandinavian brand that does a lot of uh, sustainable initiatives also at Netaporty the um, retailer that I've already mentioned there is a section that is called Net Sustain so you can go and find some of the brands there it's Netaporty's selection of their buyers uh-huh. who selected all of that uh, and all of the brands that they're working with among some of the brands that I promoted recently, it was mm-hmm. Ksenia Schneider. Yeah. It's a Ukrainian brand, but with a very interesting history. And the designer herself is amazing. She's like yeah. an amazing human being, entrepreneur, very talented one, very talented. So they uh, do sustainable denim. And why I'm mentioning them? Just because they were one of the first sustainable brands in eastern europe which is interesting not only in ukraine like in eastern europe so there are more and more brands now that are using this either as a marketing tool or as their strategy that is kind of like the core for them both are fine i think whatever you are doing is fine if you are doing that for good if you want to change something you will iterate you will shift if for you sustainability is just a marketing aspect you will then fall in love with that yeah and maybe you will continue using it in more kind of in more items produce the more sustainable and of course just to finish this uh, conversation uh, like this answer about sustainable brands reformation the brand mm-hmm. and the retailer and the company that was born in California—it definitely mm-hmm. changed the way how we look at sustainability. Because I think, like, the entire problem with sustainability was that it was some garments or some garments yeah. that were not sexy. The core of fashion right. is to give this femininity, is to be sexy, at least on the image. And it's—it's it's about yes, body positivity. It's about different faces, different bodies, but it's about yeah. being. Cool, sexy, um, feminine, beautiful, and for that's important to mention. For every girl, it's very different yeah. thing of how you consider yourself to be like sexy or beautiful, etc. There is no one image for that, and that's amazing. So definitely, reformation. They started to do so many things to kind of drive sustainability towards uh, cutting edge and Mm -hmm. towards being, um, just looking better than it looked before. That's why I love supporting Reformation, by the way, buying, I wouldn't say a lot. I don't buy a lot at all. I don't Mm -hmm. need any more clothes in my life. If I stop (laughs) buying all the clothes, I will be fine. (laughs) You can imagine I'm from the fashion industry. I have so much. I donated lots of clothes to charity auctions. I still have a lot. So that's why I like from time to time i just support reformation just because i love the mission yeah i actually
0: found out about reformation because i think in one of your posts you mentioned it and Mm, a couple of days ago as i said i was like trying to discover brands and having a hard time and i was like oh okay let me go to daria's account and see what brands she's mentioning that's how i've discovered senior schneider and uh yeah reformation and a couple of other um what else have you mentioned? Yeah, I, I'm not going to go into yeah it, right? a lot, a lot. Yes, yeah, I remember we were chatting about
1: that. Yes, exactly. Yes,
0: yes. From the economics perspective, because the reason mass market exists is because it has uh, high margins, it has high volume, and like that's why they're employing you know workforce in China, Bangladesh, etc. Because people there are cheaper ultimately to to make that clothing. Do you think that whole Uh, perspective of okay like this is unethical we need to become more sustainable is gonna move factories locally like do you think the u.s factories are going to produce more clothing now with one like the problem with globalization with the virus or like the 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 problem and of course there's a lot of positive things about globalization but i think this crisis is showing us how maybe we're a little too interconnected and like supply and demand chains are all getting like broken down logistically because some countries are shutting down and then you can't produce locally because you shut down factories locally a long time ago do you see that trend happen that either we're going to have on-demand fashion or we're going to produce it locally and how will that Mm -hmm. impact pricing? Mm-hmm. i think it will be a combination of different models as mm-hmm. always
1: like mm-hmm. there is no one solution to such a big problem because fashion is one of the most polluting industries in the world and i shared with yeah. you that book fashionopolis by dana thomas and i think yeah. you read it right yeah, I so did. you know yeah you it was, understand it was issue. crazy
0: the waste that goes into fashion yeah if, if anyone is interested in hearing any of the actual numbers definitely read that book thank you for recommending it to me i was shocked at how much waste there is i didn't know that exactly actually. Yes, yeah. and the
1: way how actually big brands, established brands, treated the inventory, unsold yeah. inventory, just by burning it. Yeah, out? I, I
0: heard Burberry is burning yes. their inventory. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's
1: not possible. Like it's not acceptable in the world where people are starving, where yeah. people don't have water, and etc. etc. Anyway, so uh, I think, like for example, also the goal of reformation is to build a very sustainable mass market. So basically, already the price of their sustainable clothes is way less than uh, the sustainable clothes that we used to see before.
0: Okay, i just understand- that, yeah, that's interesting to hear because I was actually wondering why is their clothing so so cheap because it's kind as of a cheap, consumer, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. I'm very used to like okay, if it's sustainable and if it's like a trendy brand, like pay two hundred dollars for yoga pants, and they, their prices mm-hmm. are a lot more conservative than that. Yes, 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 exactly.
1: So, uh, uh, I mean, we can delve into their website and see where exactly they're producing. I know it's a combination of different factories, but they're very open uh, about that. So everyone can go. You may believe, you may not. You know, you can yeah. always say, I heard some people are saying, oh my God, Reformation, they produce everything in China. I don't believe in anything <sighs> You yeah. you don't you're like it's okay it's totally fine it's your choice you're like yes. you're voting with your money so you either support that or not I try to believe people like whenever I see something mm-hmm. sorry it's notification I wanted just to hide it whenever I see something that uh, certain brands or retailers mentioning that I try to believe in that otherwise yeah. if we all lie to each other that's a very bad world for. <laughs> So, uh, I believe, yes, it's a combination of different things. Uh, And uh, your question was about, like, how we all can become more sustainable and actually, like, moving the prices. Like, one important thing to understand, a dress can't cost the price of cappuccino, as it is right now, in certain retailers. It's just not possible. The economy is not working like that. So, I think it was, like probably it was needed in the 90s Mm -hmm. in the 80s and of course like some of the good things are always happening when the progress uh when the progress continues so of course like understanding how to build mass market gave a lot of innovation to the fashion industry Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't support that like fashion became so cheap just because i know what uh what wrong Like, what are the bad sides of this process? But I'm sure that moving forward, we can definitely uh, take some findings from that process Mm -hmm. uh, when we as humanity started to do mass market. So definitely like combining all the good innovations that happened along these years, but also with understanding of sustainability, how it is important that the planet can be damaged. So that's that's an important shift. And we're still in the beginning of this entire conversation. You know, I also think that quarantine will help like, mm-hmm. as I mentioned oh, in one of my lives, so I think it, I was discussing that with Xenia Schneider mm-hmm. because I really wanted to interview this designer to give her more attention. Is that like now with all the changes and uh, without like being able to fly everywhere, which mm-hmm. is good, I think, we'll also start to think do I need to buy this dress or do I buy like mm-hmm. this more sustainable designer?
0: No, that's totally true. And speaking of innovation, a couple of years ago, you moved to Silicon Valley and you still continue, you know, coming to Silicon Valley, you live in LA, which is very close still. And I know Mm -hmm. you're personally very interested in, uh, you know, how fashion can innovate, how tech can be bridged with uh, fashion. When you just came to the Valley, you know, having spent a lot of years in a more traditional like non techy industry what are some things that you were surprised with about the valley and what do you think valley can learn from more uh Mm -hmm. traditional industries like fashion you know fashion is sure like there's a lot of bad things about fashion with respect to sustainability and ethics but it is a huge industry i'm sure we in tech can learn a lot of things from it
1: True. that's true actually Luba it's interesting it's an interesting question first time that I visited Silicon Valley it was like five years ago I think mm-hmm. and I came to visit my friend who is like you should definitely meet one day Anastasia Sartan I don't know oh, if yeah. you know her I
0: actually just met her a couple of days ago yeah she she's amazing um, she's
1: incredible you definitely yeah. need to interview her I think she's just a very a exceptional yes human being and she's very uh, she's very clever extremely mm-hmm. clever and knowledgeable so So basically, I came to see her because I was very interested in what she's building as she was such a prominent entrepreneur in Russia. And I knew that she moved to Silicon Valley. So and she kind of started my introduction to everything that happens there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I also... I understood that like all the technologies are coming from that part of the world why should I stay in the Ukraine in Ukraine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, if uh, like the shift is just happening right now in California and I want it's about like it's one of my friends coined this phrase in one of the movies on Silicon Valley that was Mm -hmm. just uh, recently uh, (laughs) all over YouTube and he said that it's uh, important like to be where you can realize all of your goals like Mm -hmm. that's that's important to be in that environment so it doesn't matter from where you create but if Mm -hmm. if uh, there is certain environment that can push whatever you do and can serve your mission so you you should stay there and i understood that my mission have changed and i was already a little bit tired of the industry so i really Mm -hmm. wanted the change i went to do my mba in san francisco so i thought oh my god what a wonderful idea to be in san francisco to be exposed to all the new technologies i went to study uh, at the short courses at Stanford. I met an amazing professor, um, who I brought to Ukraine, he yeah. was teaching data science. So lots of things happened. And I'm very grateful to this period. But yes, I decided to, and because I was want to continue building my company. i moved to Los Angeles. Here I live in a Silicon Beach. And I actually can, I consult, and more Dash as a company consults to one of the tech companies. I can't yeah. uh, mention the name, but definitely because my interest yeah. is very uh, into that, into technologies and how what's the future of fashion will look like. So we have this B2B client that is not fashionable like that's mm-hmm. not from the world of fashion <laughs> yeah. uh traditional. And traditional fashion yes and uh, no i i mean i mean yeah becoming. I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding yeah yeah becoming, becoming yeah. for sure uh, yes and they definitely build the future and then extremely grateful to be able to see uh and to, to somehow contribute i would say as an agency and as a company towards their development and uh yes yeah, so uh what technology industry can learn from the fashion world I think there are more things what fashion industry can learn from technology <laughs> to be uh, absolutely um, open when answering this question. But definitely, like, there is so much beauty in uh, the world of fashion. It's a little bit unstructured, mm-hmm. what I, I can say. It's, it's unstructured. So there are a lot of talents that are working in the industry, and they earn a fraction of money of what they can actually earn in their lives and lots of people like I don't want to say people lots of uh, participants of the fashion Mm -hmm. industry are female and they have Mm -hmm. their own families and their families depend on them so I think it's important to kind of for the tech industry to embrace more beauty Mm -hmm. and for fashion industry to become more open towards all the innovations it's so hard for them to innovate or to change the models of what they yeah. are traditionally creating. Uh, so I think that will be a very good intersection of two different industries, two different minds. That's why I was doing Fashion Tech Summit yeah. in Ukraine. I always wanted to bridge these two industries. Lots, lots of projects that I did and uh, that definitely helped,
0: I think. And someone who wants to get into fashion or who's just starting to make first steps into fashion, what do you think will um, make someone very, very successful in the changing world of fashion and in this, you know, push that uh, the quarantine and the world is given fashion now in like, hey, fashion, you need to innovate and you need to change. Like, what, what would you advise to someone who's just beginning to start online? Like to think about
1: how you can start online,
0: only online,
1: without traditional retailers. I'm not advocating for not being at the traditional retailers in the end. I'm just advocating for all the brands and for all the designers to be more independent, and for mm-hmm. that, you should have your own B2C channel. It's very possible through social media. I would advocate for everyone to explore all your new types of social media, like TikTok and all yeah. of the others, uh, new channels for fashion, like YouTube. It's a new channel for fashion. Mm-hmm. Like inside YouTube, they it was just in September that they launched YouTube fashion. I did an event with them because they right. wanted to have something more like on fashion and uh, they wanted to have someone on the stage talking mm-hmm. about fashion and uh, technologies and the future of fashion and more just did event at the YouTube studios mm-hmm. in Los Angeles oh, and I invited <laughs> yes Oh my like yes you came to support so you remember Christina Bingo yeah. was there yeah. she's yeah, yeah. Amazing it was amazing journalist. I loved
0: the events. one yeah.
1: of the best uh, journalists I ever met in my life and she's yeah. definitely like doing something different and uh, Rachel Guyan who is an amazing mm-hmm. creator she's talking about sustainability from time to time and she has her own voice that is important and uh, yes exactly so I think like I I forgot the question (laughs) this
0: time I forgot the question (laughs) Uh, it was about like what should new people do we're talking about going online Going well, online, media, yes. right?
1: social media, social media, and to understand how you can build your B2C channel without relying on the B2B retailers.
0: Yeah, you mentioned TikTok, you know, consumers' attention spans, the one we, uh, we the way we consume media is becoming shorter and shorter fo- form. However, as like a TikTok creator, I'm seeing people spend a lot of time actually making those videos. What what are your thoughts about TikTok? Do you think it'll stay? Do you think it, it's just, uh, uh, it's like having the time of its uh, product right now? now and it's going to die off like a lot of products that were very successful for a short period of time did like what do you think is going to happen
1: now i need to answer with the tiktok phrase you remember like i love it i I (laughs) I spent all of my time there you know the challenge what's tiktok i didn't know about this application before (laughs) so basically it's so much fun what i love about tiktok is just how people express their creativity it's Mm -hmm. no longer possible to do that on instagram on instagram to become successful you should i don't know fly your private jet show those pictures (laughs) i don't like it i don't like it at all like i mean there are still people who are like Mm -hmm. um i don't know advocators of uh, charity and some good stuff and i see that people are following that people are really relate like one of my friends she's very inspirational she posts a lot about how she helps people and she used to be a supermodel like she she will always be a supermodel that's the title if you have it you will continue to have it until the end of your life but she's kind of like transitioning into charity and she's doing such a great job in that but in tiktok like i see it like we all want to have fun right Mm -hmm. And I think that TikTok does give you an opportunity to have fun of yourself, of um how you perceive yourself. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is a chance that it will die this application because, like, mm-hmm. even using Messenger is not convenient there. I don't know if you ever tried or not. Like, it's not very intuitive. Yeah, so if they used the add,
0: Messenger. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: if they add all those features to TikTok that Instagram has, yeah. probably we will all move to TikTok if they just give us an opportunity to do the same. But now I see lots of brands are going there, mm-hmm. and I understand it's easier to get viral. So. Yeah. I think it's cool. Like and me, I saw more
0: dash, more Dash your company. Went viral. Has a, yeah, went viral. <laughs> it right. was
1: one TikTok. video, yes, yes. We now started to uh, work with the girl who's a TikTok creator, so we're sending her clothes. She's producing the videos. Oh, wow. I love what she's doing. And, uh, like, I don't know if I monetize it or not. I may not monetize it at all, but at least it will be so much fun. You know,
0: we are building
1: the, yeah. a new community. Why not?
0: That's awesome. Uh, I know that a lot of social media and also consumer behavior and probably fashion trends with how consumers are starting to uh, – I guess behave to repeat myself is coming from China and from Asia in general. Do you follow what's going on there? You know what are the trends? Uh, how are people reacting to new brands? And um, like, do you think we can learn a lot from Asia in general? And like, oh, should we sure. copy what what they're doing? And like, because oh, we're kind mm-hmm. of already behind in a lot of ways. Because like live shopping, I know like live streaming, live for, shopping, yeah, mm-hmm. for you know, l- watching someone shop is super popular, but it's not really a thing yet. But mm-hmm, yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. stop here yes uh, thank you so much for
1: asking this question actually of course we should definitely see what's going on in the world and China yes it can give us a lot of ideas like virtual shopping for example so many other things and I remember first time when I went to Hong Kong and mm-hmm. it was like such a new world for me and I went mm-hmm. to the fashion store it was Lane Crawford it's one of the biggest department store stores there and we started to work with them by the way and we work with them uh, with some of our designers and I saw the way how merch was built like everything was so much different uh of course it's not only due to um, only for that department store and it's being Mm -hmm. in China it's because also the fashion director of that store she's British and she had such an eye of how to build that but she was also driven by the consumer so it's always the dance it's always the game between the retailer and the consumer the the brand and the consumer Mm -hmm. everyone learns from each other that's important Mm -hmm. and I think definitely there are a lot of things we can learn from China not everything should be copied probably Mm -hmm. definitely we should learn from some of the experiences there Shh. <laughs> Um, let's see you know there are a lot of speculations it will uh, continue if the shopping curve will uh, go higher just after the end of the lockdown as it happened in some of the cities in China mm-hmm. but also in some of the stores like it's important to say yeah. everyone is quoting that article from Business of Fashion that uh, the next day after lockdown was ended the Hermes store did the best day ever in China they hit yeah. the record of 2.3 million of uh, the goods sold was including the most expensive Birkin encrusted with diamonds you know the next day after the quarantine that's crazy (laughs) I actually
0: started weeding business of fashion Uh, after watching one of your videos I saw that article that they were like kind of saying oh be careful in how you interpret consumer behavior after the quarantine exactly exactly. Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. of course
1: there will always be people who will no matter what buy this Himalayan Birkin with diamonds
0: if we even
1: (laughs) I don't know go to live on another planet they will go with that Birkin they will buy a Birkin they will fly (laughs) on that spaceship with that Birkin but it's a different uh, mindset a different set of people so if something like we can learn something we should always understand that there are so many yeah. different factors that are actually influencing the situation that yes it's we can definitely learn it's not that I'm advocating not to learn about all that but we should definitely consider the situation of each country yeah. where the yeah. branch is represented also about like the situation with your balance sheets retailer for both for the retailers for the designers so that all should be like now I think building a business it became such a an interesting but very challenging game because you need mm-hmm. to be aware of so many things. You need to have a presence on Instagram, in uh, like TikTok, all the new applications, maybe YouTube. So it's about like the entire yeah. universe, which yeah. is great. You know, I think if like the founder of Nike, yes, Phil Knight, he would uh, be born later. And uh, starting to build his brand now, no. I'm sure we would see something fascinating from him. So it's about the mentality. But yeah, he was born true. there.
0: And uh,
1: yes, and we all yeah. had like it, And the <laughs> yeah. example to follow on his uh, book, Shoe Dog.
0: Yeah, the book, right. the book was actually amazing to read, highly recommended to anyone as well. The fact that he was doing his company part-time for so many years and had so many uh, troubles with Japan, Japanese factories. Uh, yeah, it was very, it's very special, inspirational. Yes. But I agree that the world continues changing and we continue evolving and it's not really that the business is like necessarily harder or easier. It's just different probably, right? Mm -hmm. Um,
1: yes exactly it's different and we became different you know so that's why it's totally
0: normal when we have all this newness thank you so much for joining this conversation today thank you for tuning into the meeting i hope you learned something new as always please don't forget to support this podcast subscribe to it so that you know when the new episode comes out and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of the day bye for now